Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring singer Frankie Lane, comedian Stan Freeberg, humorist Henry Morgan, and comedian Fanny Bryce. One of the most popular male vocalists during the 40s and 50s was Frankie Lane. Here's a radio guest spot from January 1949. Left her by the river, St. Marie. We pledged our love until eternity. Now along the pebble pathway to her door. We kissed and then we kissed again and parted on the shore. Angela strings out across the sea I saw her kneel and say a prayer for me When winter's gone, spring is on I will meet her by the river St. Marie hey, I left her by the river St. Marie We pledged our love until eternity Now along the pebble pathway to her door we kissed and then we kissed again and parted on the shore. Angela swings out across the sea. I saw her kneel and say a prayer for me. When winter's gone, spring is on. I will meet her by the river. We will meet by the river St. Marie. Oh, I was thrilled when I first heard Frankie Lane. He was something new and different. Yeah, well, things really began popping for him right after that. I'll say they did. And right back to the supper club he came to do the same song that was rocking every jukebox in every town. You know, whenever you hear the name Frankie Lane, you think of this song. To spend one night with you in our old rendezvous And reminisce with you That's my desire To meet where gypsies play Down in Break of day. That's my desire. We'll sip a little glass of wine. I'll gaze into your eyes, divine. I'll feel the touch. Of your lips Pressing On mine To hear you 
below Just wait It's time to go Sherry I love you so You're my For my money, one of our most creative comedians is Stan Freeberg. He began his career in the late 40s here in Los Angeles on a local TV station, doing the voice of Cecil, the seasick sea serpent on the Time for Beanie show. In the early 50s, he did the now famous John and Marcia phonograph record. It became an overnight hit, and he was on his way. Commercials, more records, and television appearances followed, and in 1957, he began his own half-hour network radio show on CBS. On one of his programs, he did an interview with the abominable snowman. Meanwhile, I have just completed a very dangerous assignment. Freeberg, I said to myself, for indeed that was my name. Uh, why don't you get an interview with the abominable snowman? So here then is the interview with one of these dreaded ape-like creatures as I recorded it high in the Himalayan mountains. This is Stan Freeberg speaking high in the Himalaya Mountains in northern India. I'm standing next to this uh, particular uh, uh, gentleman, uh, creature. Uh, just uh, what is it uh, you are there? A little of each, Stan, actually. <laughs> a little uh, a little of each, that's right. I see, then you are the abominable... Uh, snowman, that's right. <laughs> uh, I never cared for that word abominable too much, Stan. you mind if I call you Stan? No, not at all. Well, I never cared for abominable, but it's the nearest word uh, translated from the original Hindustani, which was uh, Abamanuya Mayo, <laughs> which means the hairy one with the big feet. Yeah, I can see it lost something in the translation. I was noticing your... Uh... Noticing my sneakers there, were you? Quite large. Yeah, what are they, about uh, 12? What are you kidding? 12? They're size 23. <laughs> That's pretty big. Well, it's functional design, you know. Did you ever try to walk on snow with ballet slippers? Roller skates? Well, yeah, don't you have a little bit of uh, trouble uh, buying them? I mean... Well, I just can't walk into any old store and buy them. No, I have them specially made up for me. Well, where, where, where do you get them? Well, when I don't have the chance to drop by Abercrombie and Fitch, uh, I send up to Spalding's, they make them up for me. I, uh, I have them in four colors, uh, the white, the red, uh, the pink, and the orange. I'm wearing the orange today. Oh, that's very nice. Well, that's the particular ensemble I picked out today. Oh, it's not much of an ensemble, is it? I mean, it's just the shoes. Well, it's, it's an ensemble to me, yeah. Some of us are, aren't too well off uh, as others. Well, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Oh, that's all right. It's all right? Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Just, uh, what is it you do for a living? You, you terrorize the mountain? That's right. I uh, terrorize the mountain climbers who come up here. Uh, that is my trade, and I am proud of it. Is it uh, hard work? Uh, you have to do a lot of uh, training? Well, I don't think everybody can do it, you know. They don't have the hair for it, for one thing. 
Or the sneakers. Say you're quite tall, you know. What, what are you, about the eight, nine feet? No, I measure in around ten and a half, buddy. Ten and a half feet tall? He, that's uh, pretty tall. You think I'm tall? You should see my brother. He'd jump center for abominable state. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I missed him. Uh, have you had a, a pretty good day's work today? No, it hasn't been too hard today, so far, no. You, uh, what was that again? You, uh, you done much uh, terrorizing? No, not too much today. Well, I wonder if you could uh, give us a demonstration before we sign off of whatever it is you do uh, to terrorize the mountain climbers? Certainly. Well, uh, well what, do you, what would you like me to do? Well, just turn your back there and close your eyes. Close your little eyes and I sort of uh, sneak up behind you and let fly with one. Let fly with one what? Never you mind, just turn your back. Well, I think I ever... Never mind, never mind, just turn your back, please. No peeking. All right. Don't you open those eyes now. I won't. All right. I'll just sneak up behind you now, tippy-toe. <laughs> Which is hard with my feet. <laughs> Here I come now. Yikes! <laughs> Gave you a little start there tonight, Stanley. Say, that white hair is very becoming. Sets off your ruddy complexion. Very nice. Gee, that was effective. Well... Gosh, I see our time is up. Oh, that's a shame. Sure you don't have time for a quickie before you hit the pike? <laughs> no, I really don't. Well, if you'll forgive me, I gotta get back to work. I see a mountain climber over there by the edge. Well, nice meeting you. Nice meeting you, Stan. <laughs> nice to see a man happy in his work. Another comedian humorist was Henry Morgan, and I think radio was always his bag. Of course, he was forever getting fired because of the remarks he made about his sponsors. At one time, he was sponsored by Adler Elevator Shoes, and he made the remark that he wouldn't wear them to a dog fight. <laughs> well, Mr. Adler complained, and Henry Morgan had to apologize. The next day, Henry said he would wear them to a dog fight. Another sponsor was Lifesavers, and he lost them when he told all of his listeners that they were being cheated because of the hole in the center of the candy. In 1946, Henry Morgan had his own weekly coast-to-coast -coast network show on ABC, sponsored by the Eversharp Schick Company. On that program, he always kidded the commercial, and here's an example. The makers of the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor are very happy that leading athletes prefer the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor. During the baseball season, all baseball players used it. And now that the baseball season's over, football players have started using it. <laughs> we have in our studio Bronco Hugenstraten, the left tackle of the Tuscaloosa Tomcats, who has this to say. I always use anti-demolifoy to keep my engine. Uh, no, Bronco. Uh, this is the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor. <laughs> what is... It is. It is what? It's a dollar and a quarter, complete with 20 blades. You know, push, pull, click, click. Sorry, cheap. I had the wrong card here. <laughs> <laughs> 
For breakfast, I always eat <laughs> a heaping bowl of cornflakes. You mean bowl of cornflakes? Oh yeah. A heaping... Wait a minute! It's it's the wrong card. Uh, this is it, it changes blades automatically. Cornflakes. No, the ever-sharp Schick injector razor. Yeah, say, I heard about that. Is it any good? Listen, Bronco. I got you. Wrong card, wrong card. You know... Oh, look, never applaud at a commercial. You'll ruin radio forever. Another bit of radio history happened the night Henry Morgan and sportscaster Ted Husing presented the Schick Shavathon. The contestant ended up bloody, and Henry Morgan ended up without a sponsor. One of this country's best announcers is Ted Husing. I like him. I wish the sponsor would give him something better to do than announce the Shavathon, which follows. But that's the way it goes, and here's the way it goes. <laughs> Fast, easy, smooth. He's just as fast as he could be. He used the Eversharp shit. Once over is enough for the fastest, easiest, smoothest shave of your life. And same men, shave slick, use Eversharp shit for the fastest, easiest, smoothest shave of your life. You heard the bell. Here's tonight's winner. It's the man over there, and that was an Eversharp shit injector ray that he was using, proving once again it's the fastest, easiest, smoothest shaver in the world. And now, Charlie Irving, what was the official time? Well, Ted, it's 29 seconds, and the winner using an Eversharp shit injector razor is Mr. Allen of New York City. Well, here's the winner, Mr. Allen. Tell me, sir, how does your face feel? Bloody. <laughs> Thank you very much, and good night. figured in the commercial. And now here's a commercial that makes sense. Psst. Hey, buddy, want to buy some... Hey, not me. You're not going to get me to look at any... Hold it, fellow. I haven't even told you what Look, I... don't con me. My mother told me all about... Well, look, cool it and look. Hey, wait a minute. That's a Veterans Administration poster telling about the 15% rate reduction on servicemen's group life insurance. Right. Want some of this SGLI? Well, yeah. How do I get some? See your finance officer. He'll fill you in on all the details. Okay, sure. Great. Hey, thanks. Anytime, buddy. Anytime. Fanny Bryce was the original funny girl and one of the truly great comedians of our time. Broadway producer Florence Ziegfeld signed her to a contract when she was only 17 years old, and she appeared in His Follies of 1910. Miss Bryce appeared in subsequent editions of The Follies for the next dozen years. In 1926, she was signed by Broadway producer David Belasco for a play called Funny. Eventually, she made movies and appeared in other stage productions until the radio bug bit her. You know, once after a theater party, she did an impromptu characterization of a small child she called Babykins. It stuck in her mind and in the minds of those who saw it with the result that playwright Moss Hart wrote a skit for her in which she appeared as Baby Snooks in a Follies review. 
When Miss Bryce was a guest on the Good News radio show in 1938, she did a sketch using the baby Snooks' voice. The appearance was so successful that she and Snooks moved in on the program, and then later began her own weekly series. The program continued on the air for over a decade until her death in 1950. With Hanley Stafford as daddy, here is Fanny Bryce as Baby Snooks. All right, Snooks, this is the house. Now, before I ring the doorbell, have you got our story straight? Yeah. You was held up by three rugs. Not rugs. Thugs. A thug is a foot pad. What's a foot pad? A denizen of the underworld. Is that clear? Uh-huh. Well, all right, then. Who held me up? Three dentists in their underwear. <laughs> Snooks, for Pete's sake. I'm tired, Daddy. All right, forget the whole thing. I'll tell the story. You just shake your head. Hello, Uncle Norman. Well, certainly is nice seeing you. You're looking wonderful, isn't he, Snooks? How should I know? I never saw him before. <laughs> and who is this charming little lady? Well, what's the matter with you? Say, I'm Snooks. Now. What do you mean, no? Because you ain't Snooks. I'm Snooks. Well, don't mind her, Uncle Norman. She's a little tired. Of course, I understand. Now, go ahead, darling. Give your Uncle Norman a nice big kiss. Mm. I don't want to. <laughs> Come now, dear. He's your uncle and he's a very nice man. If he's so nice, you kiss him. Oh. <laughs> come, come, child. Your Uncle Norman isn't that repulsive, is he? Is he? Isn't he? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Come on inside. We'll sit for the fire and have a nice long chat. You don't know how I envy you, Lancelot. Envy me? Yes. When I see you and Snooks together, it makes me realize how much I'm missing in life. No little pattering feet in these halls. No children to brighten my declining years. Yes, it must be wonderful. Huh? Uh, I mean, I mean uh, lonely. Oh, Daddy, look at the little doggy. Oh, isn't she cute? Mm. Look at her playing with the dog. <laughs> oh, Snooks, stop that. I'm doing that. You're pulling the little dog's tail. He's pulling, I'm just holding. <laughs> Mustn't do that, honey. Haven't you any dogs of your own at home? Mm-hmm. We got two. What are their names? Their names? Yes, what do you call them? Get off the rug and you too. <laughs> oh, uh, Uncle Norman, I suppose you're wondering why we dropped by. Tut, tut, tut. Just as long as you're here, just as long as I can have the pleasure of your lovely child. Here, Snooks. Here's a nickel for you. Thank you very much, Uncle Norman. Oh, isn't that sweet? I love to hear little girls say thank you. You do? Uh-huh. Well, give me another nickel and you'll hear it again. <laughs> Snooks, you shouldn't say that. Now, Lancelot, the child is tired and hungry. I'll go get her a glass of milk. I don't want milk, Daddy. Listen, I want... listen. If Uncle Norman likes to see you drink milk, make him happy and drink it. Oh, why? I told you why. He's our only hope of getting to Salt Lake City. We've got to put the bite on him. The bite? Shh. Here he comes. Here we are, Snooks. <laughs> now come, sit on my lap, and Uncle Norman will tell you a story. What story? 
Well, how about Little Red Riding Hood? I don't like Little Red Riding Hood. Why not? It's corny. <laughs> what kind of stories does your daddy tell? I don't know. You don't know? He always sends me out of the room. <laughs> I know. Well, suppose we play a game. <laughs> what kind of game? You take your shoe off and I'll show you. There we are. My, what tiny little feet. Hurry up with the game. All right, here we go. This little piggy went to market. What little piggy? <laughs> this one. This cute little piggy right here. That's my toe. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. That's a piggy. Who says so? I say so. You, uh... You think that's a piggy? Certainly. Do you feel all right, Uncle? Of course I feel all right. Now pay attention to the game. This little piggy went to market, and this little piggy stayed home. Why? Well, he just felt like staying home. How do you know? Oh, Snooks, let Uncle Norman finish his game. Go ahead, Uncle Norman. Well, Snooks, and what do you think happened with the other three piggies? Hmm, who cares? Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Uncle Norman. What happened with the other three piggies? Well, this little piggy had roast beef. Where'd he get it? <laughs> I gave it to him. Where'd you get it? I bought it. I want some. Drink your milk. I want some roast beef. Snooks, please. <laughs> I want some roast beef. <laughs> Good heavens. Snooks, what's the matter with you? The pig's got roast beef and I gotta drink milk. <laughs> oh, uh, don't mind her, Uncle Norman. Uh, what happened to the last little pig? Shall I tell you what happened, Snooks? All right, let's get it over with. Well, the last little pig went... Stop it, child, stop it. Higgins, stop that child from yapping. Snooks, please, remember what we came here to do. Okay, Daddy. Oh, she bit me right on the leg. Oh, Uncle Norman, I'm... Get out of here, both of you. But Uncle Norman... Oh, my leg... Get out or I'll sit my dogs on you. Stop him, Daddy. Get out! I didn't know when I was well off. Get out! Well, you did it again, you little monster. You ruined everything. I was only trying to help you. Help me? Whatever gave you the idea of taking a piece out of Uncle Norman's leg? You did? I did? Yes. You said you wanted to put the bite on him. Oh! <laughs> Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. Are you one of those who take for granted the liberties and freedoms granted you as an American citizen? Take the freedom to choose and elect national representatives. The real importance of this freedom is to accept the responsibility to know what you are voting for or against, to choose our leaders for the best interests of the nation. This freedom granted to you cannot be taken for granted. The commercial announcements were for entertainment purposes only and were not an endorsement of the Department of Defense. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from radio's golden days on this, the American Forces Radio and Television Service.